Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Dr. Colin Ford, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We're very happy to have you on. This is our first dentist from New Mexico, so that's very exciting. <laughs> And my name is KJ Eichstead. This is Confessions from a Dental Lab, the show that takes you beneath the surface so you can learn things, hear things right from the source. And the goal with this podcast is everyone listening can just maybe learn something and get a little bit better. So, yeah, Dr. Ford, you're in New Mexico. Where are you calling from today? I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've been out here for since 2013, man. It's It's been a long journey, a fun lo- ride. I've learned a lot. Um, a lot the hard way, unfortunately, and yeah, some the good way. So, so it'd be nice to share with everybody a little bit about my journey and my story for sure. Yeah, where are you originally from, Doctor Ford? So I'm originally my background's pretty uh, up in the air and kind of all over. So I was born in um, Southern California, San Bernardino. Um, in 81 and in 83, my parents moved to, um, Congo, which was Zaire. Um, interesting back in the eighties, my dad was, or is a dentist. He's a prosthodontist now. So we jumped into the mission field and my mom, um, was a nurse out there for the U S embassy. So interesting background. Um, and so I'm, I'm really connected to um, Congo. Um, I lived in Zimbabwe for 10 years. My dad did some mission work out there. And I went to American boarding school in Kenya um, for three years before I moved back to the States in 99, 2000. So uh, pretty complicated background dual citizenship with Canada and the U.S. Um, my mom's from Jamaica. My dad's from Barbados. Wow. And they moved to Canada, I guess, when they were 13. And that's where they met. And uh, so they had a citizenship. And so I automatically got one, um, even though I was born in the States. So kind of kind of all over the place. <laughs> Man, that is so fascinating. I can't wait to maybe dig in a little more of that. Uh, sure. so, so thank you for that introduction. That was my first question, just introducing Dr. Ford. So that was cool. But question number two is, how long have you been practicing dentistry? And can you tell us a little more about your dental journey? Like, did you always know you wanted to be a dentist when you grew up? Or did it happen a little later? Um, could you just tell us more about your dental journey? Yeah, um, it it happened a little later. Growing up, I always wanted to be a fighter pilot. I, Very I cool. loved planes. I loved building the models. Um, any movie that my parents would allow me to watch with jets in it, I absolutely loved the movie. Um, OG Top Gun? Say that one more time. The OG Top Gun? Yes. Well, when I was a kid, I was only allowed to watch the uh, the intro and the credits at the end. Um, wasn't actually allowed to watch the movie. <laughs> so, 
because uh, you know it was rated R, and my parents were very, very strict on on those things. Even with violent video games, so I played a lot of flight simulator games um, mm. back in the day. So I I really loved jets. I loved the posters. I loved everything about flying, and that's what I wanted to do. And when I got older, and I was still contemplating that. Um, my mom <laughs> said, you know, when you die, they're just going to give me a flag and, and that's not going to be enough to replace you. So I kind of gave up that um, idea of, of possibly dying and breaking my mom's heart. So um, my dad was like, well, you know, you can always um, buy a Cessna or something like that and fly because we knew a lot of dentists that were bush dentists in Africa. And so they would fly around and do dentistry. And so my dad kind of reignited that thought. And so one day, one day here, I still plan to get my pilot's license. I haven't done that yet. Man, that's so fascinating. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same way growing up in terms of violent video games. My parents wouldn't really let me watch, uh, you know, anything super violent. Like I was able to watch Top Gun, which is awesome because I, cool. I was inspired to be a fighter pilot too. But like, I wasn't allowed to watch like Dragon Ball Z, for example, or play like the, you know, like shooting video games, which is probably good. You know, I, I think right. I'm going to yeah. take that same uh, approach with my kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, like th- that's a, uh, and, and also going back to your why, right? Like, you know, so much of what we do is based upon that word why, and then talking about your parents and your mom, like that's some real stuff that really makes you think, you know, and um, so, so massive respect there. Um, but yeah, like, tell us a little more, like, how did you, uh, like, like, how did you kind of like get to, uh, you know, where you are in, in Albuquerque right now? So, so once I decided in college, um, that I decided to follow in my dad's footsteps and, um, go into dentistry, um, I went to Loma Linda university, graduated from there. And then a buddy of mine that graduated a year uh, before me ended up in El Paso, Texas. And uh, a lot of my friends that were working in Southern California had to drive around a lot. And that didn't seem too exciting to me because of the traffic and those things. So, you know, two days in Glendale, one day in, you know, Palm Springs and another day in, you know, Loma Linda. And so that moving around did not excite me. And my buddy told me there's, you know, a big need in El Paso for dentists, especially uh, with Medicaid and PED. So I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this, immerse myself in it, jump in it and um, and um, polish up my skill set as quick as possible. So I ended up moving to. El Paso. I worked there for two years. And then a friend from church showed me uh, a job offer in Alamogordo, New Mexico. So that was a better paying job. Um, it was four days a week instead of five. So that worked really well for me. And so I jumped on that position, did that for another two years and decided, you know, I learned everything I could from pediatric dentistry. It wasn't what I wanted to focus on for the rest of my career. 
And so I decided to open up my own place in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I started from absolutely scratch. I didn't know anybody. I never been to Albuquerque before. And so it, it was a rough maybe year and a half, two years of, you know, waiting for patients to walk through that door. But, you know, really, really proud of myself, uh, yeah. what, I, what, what I've accomplished and built. But that's kind of the journey and how I ended up being over here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And now it's turned into 10 years, man. That's wow. I'm flying. You know, what's really cool is like that is in a nutshell, the American dream. And, um, you know, kind of going to a new place, starting a business and then building it to where you're expanding. And um, I think something that a lot of dentists listening would find interesting is what you just alluded to is kind of like going to a new place, opening up a practice and then like getting that initial patient base. Sometimes when when we'll hear that they buy a practice, you know, you kind of inherit the patients. But but could you talk a little bit more um just about like how you did manage to get the word out and like get those patients walking through the door, like you said. Uh, well, what was helpful was I did sign up with as many dental insurances as I could. So I was on that list that um, patients would see, would receive when they signed up for a particular insurance company and my name would be on there. Um. I did make a couple marketing mistakes along the way. Um, <laughs> thinking back, it's like, man, how, how did I get myself into that kind of stuff? But um, <laughs> I tried different things. Um, having my practice um, advertised on the on the back of uh, receipts from grocery stores, kind of like coupons and stuff like that, that didn't help at all and um i know this one guy from california showed up at my office saying you know my my marketing would reach movie theaters commercials um magazine stands in walmart and a couple places and i signed up for this marketing campaign and my office manager read the fine print it was like one movie theater <laughs> in town um, at a, a random time uh, for random movies. So it w wasn't really the impact that I wanted. It wasn't at every uh, grocery store, every Walmart um, store that that he made me think, you know, or alluded to. So there's a couple marketing plans that I was stuck paying for, you know, six months to a year that yielded absolutely nothing on the ROI side of it. Um, a lot of it was just word of mouth, being really kind with patients, being really honest with patients, not, you know, over treatment planning and um, really getting to know patients and showing them that you care about them as a person and not just the fact that they have a tooth and there's something wrong with it. And, uh, and that was what I was trained for. So it was looking at the full uh, human being, and that got the word of mouth around um, the most. And a lot of families were referred, and 
sisters and brothers and uncles, aunties, grandfathers, grandmothers. So that was the big, the big push that that I found yielded the most. Man, you just hear it time and time again. Like there, the best. There's so many different types of marketing, right? But the the number one tried and true is word of mouth, earned media. When when someone else mentions you and. And that's just a theme we've been hearing. So I, I appreciate you sharing kind of like what didn't work there. And I'm sure a couple of dentists listening to this as well um, are going to appreciate that. So they know like maybe what not to try because there's just so many options and bells and whistles. And I know for us at, at the lab, you know, it's the same thing. It's It might be slightly different, but, uh, you know, I really enjoy doing this podcast because it allows you to have those deeper connections with people. Like instead of maybe seeing a video for like 1.8 seconds, like the average videos viewed on TikTok, this podcast is, is like a full 10, 20, 30 minute conversation with Dr. Ford and, and really get to know him and really decide if, Hey, if I'm in, if I'm in that city, you know, this might be a great fit for me. And uh, yeah, the, everything is not always, um, you know, as effective as the next thing, especially in the marketing field. It's almost like one of these, these, uh, you know, like, could you hit, could you hit the jackpot with this or, or something like that? But time and time again, you hear that word of mouth just work. Right. It is, that's, that's been the bread and butter of uh, our practice. I can't deny that. A few years ago though, I did uh, finally sign up with a company. It wasn't a contract. It was month to month. So I really liked that. Um, but they, they reached out to me and they said, you know, give us two weeks of free marketing. We'll set everything up and we'll run your campaign on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, this is back in probably 2018. Uh, so there's about a couple of years where I didn't do any more marketing because I, I just felt like none of it worked at all. And so they took my campaign for two weeks and... I started to get a lot of walk-ins interested in cosmetic dentistry implants. And so I used them for the last four years. I canceled with them at the beginning of the year. I think marketing shift more to TikTok. Um, but for the last four years, that's where most of my uh, overdentures and implant cases came from. So there is marketing that works. There are companies that um, really know how to um, bring patients to your front door. And uh, that was that was great for me because implants and overdentures was something I was really interested in and wanted to incorporate into my practice. So some marketing does work. And a lot of times those patients um, reach out to other friends from word of mouth just because of the way the practice treated them, the way that my dental assistants treated them. And so the word of mouth in combination with marketing um, still proved to be, you know, essential that that yeah. taking care of the person and um, b making sure that they're happy with their dental work is is paramount in in my opinion. Yeah, that that's that's like the the base thing you just absolutely have to have is good good service, good results and then you know it always helps to to get the word out. Like one of the best phrases ever is you got to spend money to make money and I think that holds true in many many different in instances and industries. Um you kind of 
shared a little bit about this, but feel free to take this in any direction you'd like, Dr. Ford. What's one X factor that separates you from other dentists? One X factor that would separate me from other dentists. One is I, I try to do as much as I can in-house. And I think that just depends on the actual dentist and the individual. I don't do Invisalign um, or braces in my office where I know some dentists like to do that. But I've picked um, picked implant dentistry, um, cosmetic, as well as family. And I try to do as much as I can in those fields within my office. And patients do like the fact that they don't have to go to too many places um, to get their treatment done and get the results that they they want. So the the fact that I try to take on everything that comes with overdentures or take on everything that comes with placing implants um, kind of gears my office towards a one one stop shop. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I've, I've found that patients, especially especially the older patients, uh, the geriatric patients, don't like to drive around and find a new dentist and get used to new staff and and then come back to my office and then go somewhere else. So I try to just keep it all in house. I think that's one big thing that's helped me. And um, and again, just being really friendly, being uh, having great bedside manners. Um, getting to know patients, getting to know what their work life is, what their home life is, um, you know, especially Albuquerque is, is a big melting pot. So a lot of people here have moved from other states, um, other busier cities, and they they enjoy the the slow pace out here. So there's always a backstory that patients have that I try to um, get to know about them and uh build that connection and that's essential to me yeah no that thanks for sharing i i I totally think that the one-stop shop aspect is definitely appealing especially as everybody you know is more and more pressed for time as life just gets busy right um so that kind of leads to my next question is building off the, the topic of patience what's one thing that your patients have taught you over the years one thing patients have taught me over the years is that if you're honest with them, even if things don't go the way that I planned or they planned, they will still stay in your office and continue to get cleanings and trust you for more dental work done. Uh, honesty, I found, is huge. Um, I have a lot of patients that have, you know, during their life, um, going from one dental office to another can tell if a dentist is trying to cover up something. Hmm. Um, and so I always just try to be upfront with patients. Um, I always try to let them know that these are our, our options 
with the situation that's presented, you know, if an implant's failed or if an implant um, is hurting after we put the crown on, if the gum tissue's bleeding a lot, or if the dentures keep breaking, you know, anything like that. If if you just approach from an honest um, angle and always deliver the pros and cons of the steps that we're going to do ahead of time, uh, patients really like that, that openness and that approach. And it just makes them feel comfortable that, you know, if, even if things don't go the way we plan, uh, Dr. Ford says he, he can fix it. It may take a little longer or may not, or he has a network of dentists in the community that he would pass on the task to fixing the issue. And I also don't give patients a hard time about um, refunding them if something does go wrong. And so they always feel like whatever I'm trying to do is for the benefit of them. It's never for the benefit of getting paid or taking their money. It's, it's for the benefit of improving their life and making their life more comfortable. Great advice. Great advice. Um, how about this, Dr. Ford? How important is it to work with a good dental lab? And why is that important for dentists? Oh, it's really important to work with a great dental lab because um, dentists can't make all the products that that they sell to patients. You know, dentists aren't making the dentures, the crowns, the veneers, unless they have a prime scan, which takes training. Um, I actually have a prime scan, but I don't do veneers on there or anterior crowns. I leave that to labs and ceramics that um, can really get a nice aesthetic approach. Sometimes my lab will call me and say, hey, you know, the treatment plan, you want to do Emacs on these crowns, that's not going to work or or vice versa. And having that extra input allows for the success of your your treatment planning, which overall benefits the patients. Um, sometimes I've worked with great labs where we couldn't get dentures perfect the way that we want them. So the owner of the lab would come down to my office, meet with me and the patient in the chair and um, review and revise the treatment and the, the product as, as necessary to give the patient the quality of uh, treatment that they they deserve. And so working with a lab that knows the ins and outs of what they're doing in the field of dentistry, um, knows technology and where dentistry is going is essential to providing that that honest relationship with patients as well. I, I think that's a huge part of the foundation of being able to deliver and fix um whatever comes your way and making that patient feel like they picked the right dentist to come to. Yeah. It's almost like an extension of, of your team. Right. Um, yeah. So, so thank you for sharing that Dr. Ford. Um, little bit of a bonus question here and you can take this any direction you'd like. Uh, we've had certain dentists offer advice in, in the, the health fitness realm. Others offer advice in maybe the financial business realm Others offer advice in the technical realm or the soft skills realm. You can take this any direction you'd like, but do you have any advice you'd like to give to 
uh, aspiring dentists or just other dentists listening to this show uh, to maximize success in 2023, 2024, and beyond? Yeah. Um, if, if there's some things that I could do over again, um, or improve upon things that I've done in the past, one would definitely be working towards finding an associate, uh, even if it's a part-time associate, because that will allow you as the dentist to manage your time, uh, to travel, take breaks in dentistry, because dentistry is a very... Um, very intense field. It's high stake, high reward. And if you care about people, when things don't go right, you really take that home with you on your conscience. So, you know, having time for yourself where you're able to work out, travel, do the things that you enjoy doing, hobbies, will recharge you to the point where you can get back in that dental chair and be a hundred percent. And again, that will improve your relationship with the patient, but improve your enjoyment of being in the field of dentistry as well. It's great advice. Work-life balance is huge. Uh, Dr. Ford, thank you so much for a great conversation today. Do you have any final thoughts? No, but this, this has been really uh, exciting. I've, I've enjoyed having the conversation with you today it's first my, my first po uh, podcast with anybody so you know this was this was cool i didn't know how it was going to go but i really enjoyed it well thank you so much yeah we, we've heard that a few times um you know i imagine it won't be your last you know uh it, it's a it's a very um i would say new but fast growing element of marketing and it's just one of the the most authentic ways to to get the real you out there um you know e even video content right it's it's so right. short these days it's hard to explain everything in a minute you know so it's like having a 20 25 minute conversation really allows you to get below the surface and that's our goal with this podcast so i just want to thank dr ford for joining us today uh, our first dentist we've hosted from albuquerque new mexico I encourage anyone out there to, to give him a you know, look him up and, and check out his practice. And yeah, Dr. Ford, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Uh, easiest way to get in touch with me would be um, my personal email for sure. Um, that would be abqdentaldesign at gmail.com. And then my dental office, the phone number is 505 883 3722. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure to put that in the description. So once again, just want to thank Dr. Ford for joining us today. My name is KJ Eichstead. You've been listening to Confessions from a Dental Lab. Encourage everybody to just text this show to one other person and that way together we can all get a little bit better. So thank you once more for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at life at newartdental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.